College baseball fans, it's time for the D1 Baseball Podcast with Mike Rooney, Aaron Fitt, and Kendall Rogers. Let's win every podcast. Now, here's the pride of the Newtown Edgemont Little League, Coach Rooney. Hello and welcome to the 39 Minutes of Heaven we call the D1 Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Michael Patrick Rooney. And as always, we are sponsored by our good friends at S2 Cognition. So many baseball players and softball players are doing incredible work in the area of exit velocities and training for that and improving their swing path. And I'm here to tell you, none of that matters if you make bad swing decisions. Ted Williams told us that a long, long time ago. It doesn't matter how good your swing is if you make bad swing decisions. That's what S2 Cognition is here to help you with. They measure cognitive decision-making, cognitive function, and that's what that oil boils down to. So check them out. They do an assessment where you can find out where you stand. They can help you design a plan of attack for improving your swing decisions. So, again, get on their website. The, the key term is an assessment, but really appreciate um, the, the support and the, the partnership with the guys at S2. Uh, as always, I am joined by the great Kendall J. Rogers and uh, our favorite favorite uh, New England transplanter. And then the great Aaron J. Fitz sporting the Fitty Barrels hat, which cannot be purchased anywhere on planet Earth. For some reason, Stephen Schock manufactured one of that hat and only one uh can't figure that out uh kendall could you please tell us how the trip to maine was please uh it was outstanding um you know i I consider maine like the east like the the oregon of the east coast it's one of those places like you always like you you know you go there your your expectations are pretty low and then you go there and it like shatters your expectations a little bit i feel like oh that was a failed shot listen we have this conversation ever since kendall discovered maine it's like, oh, I, I didn't expect anything. And it's like, holy crap, this place is pretty good. It's like, whose expectations are low? The state is called vacation land for Pete's sake. Like, yeah, I, mean, I, feel like, I mean, I feel like if you're under 70, your expectations are pretty low if you haven't been to Maine. I, mean, under, oh, I feel like if you're from 70 Texas, years of age. I got you. From Texas, you don't understand that there's life beyond the, your state borders. I'm, I I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that the world revolves around our state. My apologies. Yeah, the Republic. Well, Sam Houston uh, is rolling in his grave at your comments. Yeah, Fitzy. Now, I, I have, in all fairness, like Kendall and his family, the Great Rogers clan. They, um, you know, that they, they leave the state, they leave the Republic, they go vacation in your homeland. So I think, it, you know, just to to you know, in the spirit of good companionship, you need to do something Texan. I mean, the Rogers family, Maine's part of their year. And so yeah. what are you going to do? Are you going to buy I, cowboy I, boots? Or are you going to wear what? a cowboy on, hat? I'll just, yeah. I'll, just go, uh, I'll go visit Kendall and, and sweat in 130-degree heat for the next two months. That would be <laughs> awesome. Hashtag I think, Texas. Fitzy, you should only buy beef jerky from the state of Texas. Maybe that's a concession that you could make. Hey, uh, we were in Boston as well. So we were actually at the, the home of Aaron Fitt. Well, the area, at least. Um, yeah. I will say Western this. Uh, in, in the interest of, of reaching across the aisle, um, oh, I'm, 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 I'm excited about uh, the D1 Baseball Convention and Cut and Shoot next year. Oh, uh, thank you. Fired up for that. And Chuck so, Schwab, uh, keynote speaker. Joe's working on that. It's right. either going to be right. Chuck Schwab or Kurt Reed. We'll, we'll, Kurt we'll figure Reed. it out. You, got, you guys be patient. I've been talking to Ritz-Carlton Cut and Shoot, trying to get a block of rooms. A little bit of a slow, slow progress, the uh, – <laughs> What's the name of the hotel in Cut and Shoot? The Ritz Carlton. <laughs> the Ritz, the Mitz Carlton is probably more like it. But hey, God bless the people of Cut and Shoot. Go Pokes, uh, boys. Let's let's jump in. We're going to talk. This is going to be our coaching assessment. Um, they're, they're definitely called the Cowboys. There's no other possible nickname for Cut gonna, and Shoot. Maybe the Vaqueros. That would be the only other possible. While you talk, I will research that. 
Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> or as Joe Healy said, the cut and shoot consolidated high school. Um, yeah. All right, boys, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give my a piece of self therapy, and then we're gonna talk about the Pac-12 media deal. Um, so I I think like a lot of people, the transfer portal can it it, it has me shook up at times. It just feels like. Um, uh, ubiquitous, I think is the, the term, Fitzy, correct me if that's poor no usage, works. but but here's what I want to say to myself. If you look at the college national team, which is like, you know, that's the penultimate of summer baseball, like next year's players, right? Look at me dropping ubiqu- ubiquitous and penultimate in the, in the first four minutes of the pod. Do you know how many boys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn into a quiz question. Do you know how many of, of the 31 players on the college national team, do you know how many of them were in the transfer portal? Uh, this is the best of the best 31 players, the most coveted players in the country. How many of the 31 entered the transfer portal? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go with four. You have Luke Holman, Brady, without looking, Brady Montgomery, Colby Shelton. Yeah, not on the national team. Oh, okay. So I don't know if he had an injury he was dealing with. He would, okay. would have been a candidate. Then Seaver King. Uh, if I'm getting his name right, the kid going from, yeah. Win- and that does, I mean, he's going from Wingate to Wake Forest. So anyway, I, I you know, I'm just talking myself off the ledge. It, it, it's um, the transfer portal has concerning elements to it. You know, we'll probably cover that in a podcast this fall, but it's not everybody. It feels like it's everybody. Sometimes it's not everybody. I will say this about the portal this year is I felt like last year, there was a lot more, I mean, granted it was still a little fresh in our minds, but I felt like last year's lot, last year's lot like, I'm like, just sheer disgust this year. I feel like, you know, outside of the, you know, and the thing about Luke Coleman is, is like there was a coaching change here. So that's not yeah. that weird. Colby Shelton, there was a coaching change there. The Brady Montgomery deal is really weird because he's talked to like 12 schools and he's still trying to figure out what he wants to do. But like there, there's not this big shift this year where just, you know, there's guys like Tommy White going the portal that were in the perfectly good situation and like he's in the portal and you're like like wait what is going on here like i don't feel like there's any situation even though there's 2600 plus kids in the portal like i don't feel like there's a situation out there where you're like like what in the world is going on here outside of maybe like gage jump you know because J- yeah. gage jump was going to factor heavily in the ucla's week of rotation this year and obviously he's headed to baton rouge maybe that, that'd be about the only one that you look at and go uh that's you know that, that's a little different but the rest mm-hmm. of them you can see you can see the reason why some things are going on yeah, the Gage Jump one's interesting because he hasn't pitched hardly. You know, like yeah, he's, he's basically yeah, like, and I'd say I'd say the Brain Montgomery one is interesting. You know, his whole situation's interesting because he's a mm. Mississippi kid that goes all the way to Stanford. He's there for two years and it's going splendidly. You know, and, and of course we have no idea if he's having a fun experience or you know that only he could answer. But you know, just the sheer nature of Stanford's academic profile makes that unique. Um, you know, it's one of the, the best institutions in, on the planet Earth. Um, I think the other one for me, and this is a little close to home for me, is Luke Hill's situation yeah. is not like not surprising, just surprising that it happened at the 11th hour. But again, like you could make the same argument with Braden Montgomery, like why is a kid from Baton Rouge going to Tempe, Arizona to play college baseball? So but yeah, Kendall, all the points you made are, are spot on. You know, it, it, it does feel calm down. Boys, let's 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 address the Pac-12 media. There there is no Pac-12 media day as we're taping this. It's Wednesday night. It's just Pac-12 media panic. It's just you know I'm it's crazy. But but here's here's the thing I want to ask you guys on a scale of one to ten, one being no impact, ten being very very important. How important is the way this media 
deal for the Pac-12 to Pac-12 baseball. So on a scale of one to 10, one, it, it, whatever, whatever they decide, baseball will be fine. 10, meaning, hey, this is really important to Pac-12 baseball, is the, you know, the, the, content, the, uh, the structure of this deal. Well, it, it, it seems to me, Runes, that, uh, in, and I have not followed this as closely as you guys have, but it feels like this is an existential crisis for mm. the Pac-12. And word. so, yeah. um, by which I mean, like, if they screw this up, there might not be a Pac-12 before too long. I mean, you yeah. know, if, if, if these teams are going to start jumping ship, uh, and that means, yes, baseball, even though it's not driving this, uh, of course not, um, it, it, it's, will be affected in a big way. So I think it's, you know, nine, <laughs> nine out of yeah. 10. It's, it's huge. Yeah. It's, it's huge. Well, it's huge. And the, the fact that the, the big 10 is now, you know, meeting about Oregon and Washington is, is also big. So, I mean, Oregon's the biggest brand in football, obviously, you know, Was has those guys head the right direction in baseball. Washington is obviously a, you know, a major media market for that conference. And they're already losing the two Los Angeles schools. So, and let's just say the Arizona schools go to the Big 12. I mean, if you're the, the Pac-12 and Slim Pickens, because the problem with like the Bay Area, you might still keep Cal and Stanford. But like, for the most part, the, the Bay Area doesn't care about Cal and Stanford. I mean, that's such a huge area. And they're, they're you know, Stanford's alumni base is so, so small in that area that like, that doesn't really move the needle. So I think the Pac-12 the Pac could be on borrowed time if Oregon and Washington leave, because I think at that point, and, and by the way, Arizona and Arizona State's Board of Regents, my understanding is the Board of Trustees in Arizona actually run both universities. They're meeting tomorrow night to discuss realignment, and if they bolt to the Big 12, th th this conference as it stands is over. Um, you know, you're, they're probably going to go add San Diego State, Fresno State, you know, hopefully keep Utah and see if they can kind of keep things together. But, uh, you know, Arizona State and Arizona is a really interesting one for me, honestly, guys, from a baseball perspective, because I really think if they move to the Big 12, you can make a very serious argument that this will end up being the second best conference in college baseball. And, and, and not and controversially, I mean, here are the programs that would be in this conference. Arizona State, Arizona, Houston, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, TCU, UCF. And then you throw West Virginia and Baylor in the mix. I mean, that's seven or eight, like, pretty good programs, to say the least. With yeah, a lot of potential a there with UCF, and obviously Maisie and those guys have done a great job with West Virginia. So the Big 12 for me, from a baseball perspective, like, that's the storyline for me because that conference – even without Texas and OU could actually end up being better. It's just the, the part that like, I love the word you use Fitzy existential crisis. I've read somebody also use that word and that's, that's exactly what it is. Think about this boys. California is the most populous state in our country. Mm -hmm. And that coast is about to be irrelevant in college sports. Like the, the, the schools in the most populous state in our country are having to travel the country to join other leagues. Like this is crazy town. But I will say this, boys, like even if the Pac-12 gets this incredible deal and everybody stays for baseball, they have the single worst television situation, yeah. like by a wide margin. And that's a problem. I mean, you know, like the, the Montgomery family. They send their, their son across the country and they can barely watch him play. 
it, it, it's so fascinating because when the Pac-12 network came on, they, they actually did a great job with their linear broadcasts. Like they were very high quality, but no one could see them. And because yeah. they spent all the time, all the money on the linear, their streaming is god awful. It is heinous because, you know, we've talked about this off air. Like you watch a Big 12 game or um, an ACC network game or an SEC network game on ESPN Plus, and it's quality. I mean, it's really quality. And then, you know, like I, I go watch a Pac-12 game and I need a barf bag. You know, it's like it's just gross. Yeah. And so anyway, like Hashtag whatever the barf bag. Oh, seriously. Well, and, and here's the other thing, too. I, I kind of feel like when realignment gets fired up, I think these I think a lot of schools around the country and a lot of border regions around the country that otherwise were status quo. They kind of feel like, hey, here's our moment. All these other schools are moving. Let's make our move, too. I mean, Florida State's the best example, guys. You know, today, Florida State's border regents met and actually came out and said, unless the ACC blows them away with a new television deal, they're going to be looking to leave in the next year. And so, yeah. I mean, they kind of put all their chips on the table. And if Florida State leaves the ACC, obviously, I mean, they're going to go to the SEC. The question But does the then, SEC want them? Like, here's the I, thing. I mean, like, like why would you take Florida State? Well, here's the reason. Because you have to go to ESPN and say, hey, we need another $70 million per year for Florida State. And then ESPN has to make a calculation. Are you worth seventy million, Florida State? I don't know. Well, I don't I mean, know what the answer to Florida that is. Florida State, Florida State football is probably worth a lot, and then the, and then it becomes who do they go get from there? Because you got to get three they, more schools, right? Because now you're at well, seventeen. Well, you'd have to get you'd have to get one more to well, be at, an, at least one more, be, but eighteen is a even weird number. number. So to kind of go full circle to Aaron here, I mean, the other school that has been rumored besides Florida State, if Florida State pulled the trigger and left, is North Carolina. You know, if the SEC is trying to get one more school. North Carolina is the school they talked about. And if North Carolina makes that move, I bet Duke goes to the Big Ten. So there's, I mean, dude, there's a, there's a ton of dominoes it's that can gross. that can fall yeah. here. It's over just, the next it's few all weeks. so so. It is gross. That is the right word. And it's just I, none of this crap means anything anymore. It's like, yeah. how big are we gonna? Why don't we just have fifty teams in a conference? Like, you know, I mean, like let's take all the good teams and one. Why even bother? Like, conferences doesn't. It, it's like it does. It's lost all meaning. It's lost well, relevant. No, you're right. And, and here's the thing for baseball, and this can be for another podcast, but like I, I'm kind of we, – we talked about this off air, but let's just say the Big Ten's at 18 teams, the SEC's at 18, you know. Big it's 12, not even but, a league. That feels yeah. like well, no, So my, po- my point is from a, from a non-football perspective, I think what the NCAA should do is make football be football, maybe, maybe even be basketball be basketball. But outside of that and quote-unquote non-revenue sports – how about we just put together leagues that actually make some damn sense? Second, yes, Kendall for outside NCAA of president. these big money is outside of these big money leagues. Because I mean, here's the thing: it is the easiest pitch in the world, and, and the problem you run into here is it would never happen because the SEC is going to be like, "Why in the hell would we like would we agree to that?" Like we've got the most powerful brand in college baseball and like college softball by a wide margin. Why would we agree to that? But the way I look at it is the pitch is easy for me. I go to these athletic directors and say, hey, if you're Texas or you're Texas A&M or you're UNC and NC State, would you rather, you know, if you're NC State or, you know, let, let's say North Carolina goes to the SEC, would you rather in, in North Carolina have to travel to Texas A&M and Texas and Oklahoma or for these non-revenue sports or would you rather take these non-revenue sports and, you know, be in a league with NC State, Duke, South Carolina, and schools like that? 
and just kind of group them all by region. I mean, that would be the best thing to do for non-revenue sports. The question is, would they actually – The best thing to do for every sport. Like when it's all said and done, what we're losing by messing up all of our natural, historical, geographical rivalries is the very soul and fabric of college sports. I mean, it's just so – Well, especially college baseball and especially college baseball. Like – Gentlemen, I mean, when they when they broke up the Midwestern Collegiate Conference, my beloved Midwestern Collegiate Conference, hashtag 1992 MCC champs. I mean, it was all it was all we were in the crapper from there. Can I just say, rest in peace, Midcontinent. <laughs> the mid-continent. They just changed their name. Didn't they just yeah. change their name? Otherwise, I guess it went, it's the Summit League. You <laughs> went to the it's Witness just, Protection Program yeah. and came out in the yeah. Summit League. Nobody, either Kendall way, didn't even know. Yeah, either way, this is a hot mess. I mean, I have to. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's going to get any better. And look, and I acknowledge maybe um, I've been gnashing my teeth about realignment for 20 years and probably yeah. it's just it all it always works out, I guess. Like we're still in business, right? Like we still have we still, we still have livelihoods covering college sports. I'm yes. sure it'll all be fine. I'm sure college sports will find a way, but I yep. just I hate it. I hate it. I find it so distasteful. It's all as we all know, it's football driven and we're just dragged along through the mud on this crap. even though it's making our game worse. Well, I'm going to make one more. I'm going yeah. to make one more point to as to why a lot of this stuff that we talked about won't happen. The SEC right now for next year, when Texas and Oklahoma enter the league, teams are every single school is going to get six, between sixty-five and seventy-two million dollars from the conference annually. As long as that's going on, that is more money into college baseball programs, and in essence. Why would if you're a college baseball coach, why would you advocate for breaking all that up if a lot of that money is going to your programs, especially in conferences like the SEC? And let, let's hope you know the Big Ten and obviously the SEC or the, the excuse me the Big Twelve is going to you know redistribute some of that money to, to baseball too. But sixty-five to seventy-two million per school—that's that's hard to say no to because you can. I mean, it, 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 well, I mean. If you're a baseball, you know, if you yank all those other sports out of there, you have to redo all these television deals. Because you can bet your ass that, that SEC baseball and SEC softball is a, yeah, I mean, a, a decent part of the SEC overall contract. Yes. By the way, we've now on this podcast, we've used the words penultimate, existential, ubiquitous, and ass. So we yeah. are, and barf bag. We, this is, this barf is, bag. this is. Yeah. Hashtag Mark Bag. Yeah. Well, I, I would just say this. Uh Greg Senke, if you're listening, the uh the fighting carrots of the SBFFL, <laughs> we would be interested in joining Florida State and joining the SEC. Um, you know, get at me on any well, social media yeah. platform. Yeah. Boys, let's so here here's here's the transition. The only okay. thing about college baseball that's fun to talk about, college sports in general, are one of these three things fan bases and venues players and coaches so let's talk let's tackle one of those topics we had 40 head coaching transitions Mm. in college baseball it's over 10 percent of our total body um this year 38 have been filled umass lowell and northwestern are still open so let's kind of put a bow on that 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 stuff happens so fast it happens during the postseason kendall you do an incredible job i mean really the the whole of college baseball nation we we follow this stuff through your twitter account you're 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 on it like white on rice but let's let's just kind of unpack some of these i figured we'd do categories so first category kendall you're going to hit lead off for us is name one or two slam dunk hires like that's the category one as you look at it and you're like oh that's a slam dunk 
which we know there's no such thing. And, but and don't don't reel know. off eight names here. Keep our discipline. likes to hog them all. Make a good swing yeah. decision. Yeah, I'll go with I'll go with two slam dunk hires in my opinion, and that is Rob Vaughn in Alabama and Todd Interdonado at Boston College. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I just think when you look at Rob Vaughn, anybody that talks to the dude, I mean, what what he did at Maryland's incredible. I like his story. You know, being a Kansas State guy that, just, that you know they had to be grinders to win. You know, of course he's a he's a Texas boy, so like that that kind of gives him a few strikes uh, in his favor. But uh, you know, he's just a fantastic coach, and I think. When you look at a, a tumultuous situation, I use the word tumultuous. Um, if you look at a tumultuous situation like Alabama to where, you know, Brad Bohannon's gone, it's kind of messy. You lose Luke Coleman, you lose Colby Shelton. Like Rob Vaughn, like he's hard-nosed, but I feel like his personality is perfect for kind of what they need. Uh, and also give kudos to Alabama for actually like for once paying for a baseball coach. It sounds like he's, he's going to make – uh, north of 800,000 a year. So Alabama making a commitment. I think Rob Vaughn's done a phenomenal job during his time at Maryland. Uh, and then Todd Internado, um, you know, it, for someone who doesn't know Todd Internado at all, you look at his resume and go, Wofford has Southern ties. Okay, that's kind of a weird hire. But when you look at what he's done at Wofford, and, you know, Aaron's seen these guys up close out there in the Carolinas, but it's incredible, guys. I mean, you're talking about a dude – who's won like 35 plus games or in a year, like six out of like nine seasons at freaking Wofford. And awesome. they've, I mean, they flirted with 40. I think they, did they win 40 wins yeah. this year? I, yeah. I think they won 40 games this year or 40 games this year. And I mean, they could have very easily made the postseason last year. So I just think he's one of those guys, a lot like Rob Vaughn. When you talk to him, it's like, this dude absolutely gets it. And I think with Mike Gambino gone, I think he's he's the perfect kind of coach for uh, Boston College. Because the fact of the matter is, when you're BC, you have to re- – you, you can recruit that area, but you have to kind of think outside the box. You have to go outside of that area and go get some kids that maybe, you know, you get on early, like maybe North Carolina and schools like that aren't on as early. And uh, he's one of those guys that can get them a little further south than maybe they were with Mike Gambino. I like it. Fitzy, you can go uh, duplication too. Like it, you feel, yeah, don't sure. feel free to, they don't have to, all have to be original well, answers. Yeah. I mean, obviously those are two dynamite answers, uh, which I certainly wholeheartedly second both of them, but rather than repeat the ground here, I'll give you two, two different names. Uh, Christian Ostrander Please. Uh, at Southern Miss was just automatic. No brainer. I mean, you know, as good a pitching coach as there is in the country, um, he's been on some lists in recent years of, of, you know, so, so when major SEC pitching coach jobs comes up and things like that, you know, and naturally his name comes up, but, uh, I think it was clear that he was the heir apparent to Scott Barry who retired after a great run this year. And, uh, I mean, this guy's, you know, he, he's experienced, he's, he's a rock star. I mean, he's just, it's just a no brainer, fantastic hire. And then, uh, you know, I think Cincinnati getting Jordan Bischel to me jumps out. That's a neat hire. Um, it's, you know, a guy that really turned Southern, uh, central, uh, Michigan into, uh, um, you know, just a, a, a real formidable power in the, in the Mac and, and a team that could cause trouble in regionals. And I think their style of play is, is so much fun that the culture, the, the, uh, the, you know, he, I know some, it's not for everybody. Some of the stuff they do, um, you know, it's, it's a very distinct, um, super high energy kind of it's it's kind of like how internato has a very like 
the, the style of program that they run is, is so unique. I think you need that. If, you know, if you're going to go to a place you know, like Cincinnati now, heading into a new conference, a bigger conference, a way to distinguish yourself is to, is to play with absurd energy and, you know, hyper, you know, kind of aggressive baseball and just, uh, uh, I love it. I think it's a really neat fit and, and uh, I, I see him winning pretty big there. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that, that was top of mind for me. And you're right, Fitzy, like you're preparing for for Jordan Bischel's teams. It's uncomfortable. They're they're so unique. They're hard to get ready for. Um, I'll give you guys I'm going to I'm going to just do one and we'll save some other ones. Give me Brian Smiley going to Miami of Ohio, you know, like Indiana State. It's easy to get swept up in thinking that they were a one hit wonder when they weren't. You know, they've been in regionals three of the last four years. This team was just special, special. You know, they they. They had the middle infielders from Latin America and Brian Smiley, by all accounts, was kind of like, you know, uh, Mitch Hannes gave Brian Smiley a lot of rope to just be creative in recruiting. And it was genius, you know, like it just absolutely genius. So, um, yeah, I, I think Brian Smiley going to Miami, Ohio, that one, um, I, I didn't see it coming and, and really, really good. So, Ken, let's go to category two, which is intriguing ones that that have that really piqued your interest at a high level yeah i'll tell you what um i have no idea what to expect from west johnson of georgia uh, i gotta be honest i mean that that was a Good. really interesting hire i think when you look at some of the names that were that were rumored to be in the mix for that job obviously it sounds like they were you know very close to nailing down a deal with justin Hare. that obviously kind of went sideways i you know i don't know all the details of that but you know they didn't land justin Hare. Uh, they went back to the drawing board. They hired Wes Johnson. And, you know, the thing that's really interesting about Wes, he's always been an excellent pitching coach. He's one of the best guys in the business. But he's always kind of been one of those guys, just, you know, a little bit behind the scenes. And I just really wonder, like, how he flourishes as a head coach, uh, be, you know, with that kind of personality at a place like Georgia. Because the thing about Georgia is you've got Tony Vitello up at Tennessee. You know, obviously, you know, Kingston, those guys did a really nice job at, you know, South Carolina last year. You know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, they'll, you know, they'll consistently be in the mix. You got Sully to the South. You know, those are a lot of dynamic personalities. And so I'll just be very interested to see, um, you know, just, just how Wes Johnson does. I have that, that is one of those that, like, if you had me, like, predict it, I would just say I'm not going to because I honestly have no idea what to expect on that one. Yeah. What, what you said, Kendall, spot on. Like, he really is kind of. Like he's famous as a pitching coach, but to view him yeah. as a head coach is you have to really change your prism. And I would say, you know, it, first of all, the Georgia job, if it was as easy as everyone thinks, we wouldn't be talking about their new head coach, right? Like Scott Strickland, very competent college baseball coach. And so it's not an easy job. It's not as easy as it's perceived for all the reasons you mentioned. The thing, I, first of all, I like the staff that West, that yeah. West Johnson put together right away. You know, like Josh Simpson is really interesting and Will Coggin and Brock Bennett. I mean, that's a great start. And I also like that West Johnson coached for some really elite head coaches. I mean, Dan Hefner, Dave Van Horn, Jay Johnson, John Cohen, um, you know, coached in the big league. So this dude has seen what success looks like now, you know, whether yeah, you can parallel that to um, Georgia, we'll see, but yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. Hey everyone. We're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. Fitzy, what's one with this intriguing for you? I'm going to go with Donegal Fergus to Loyola Marymount. Um, yeah. The guy that mm. I just think is, is I think he's a winner, you know, and, and, and I, I like his style. Um, 
it's 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 a place where you can win, but it's hard to win consistently. I think just because of the, you know, like all those programs out there, it's it's not cheap to go there, and you know, it's not like you're looking at serious NIL money or or any kind of you know serious institutional aid, private school in Los Angeles. Um, I think it's hard to win year after year, and so well, I'm intrigued to see if he can do that because he's he's won at UCSB, he's won at Washington. Um, he's a really he's been a really good assistant, and then I'm excited to see what he can do as a head coach in Southern California. Oh, I love that. You know, you know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with, um, yeah, because he's great. Like, Ferg is great, right? Like, it's if, if anybody can do great things at LMU, it's him. And they have good history. You know, like, they've been good. They've been one of the better teams in that league. I'm going to go with Carrick Jackson at Mizzou. Like, I'm just super intrigued by that. I love that he's bringing Coach Jamison back. Um, he's certainly well-connected. He did a great job recruiting at Mizzou when he was there uh, under Coach Jay. Um, so, you know, we all know that Mizzou is really swimming upstream in that league right? Like that is a, that is as difficult of an assignment as there is in college baseball. But I, again, it's kind of like one of those things where if anybody could pull it off, I, I like Carrick. I, I, I think he's a creative thinker. The thing I like very much too, besides bringing coach Jay back, who's an incredible pitching coach is Carrick is very well aware of the challenges of recruiting to Missouri in the modern SEC. He lived it. So he's not going in there with any rose colored glasses on. He knows exactly what be signed up for now the nil thing maybe makes it even messier but it was already messy right like it was it was already a little bit of a car wreck so i i think um i i, I like that one I, I think that that's um it's intriguing because it's a tough tough job really tough um category three kendall what about surprise what was one that you 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 you, you scooped it and you're like whoa didn't see that coming Or you're muted. Muted. Uh, I was about to say, I would say uh, Eric Valenzuela to St. Mary's. Mm. You know, I just think, you know, obviously it sounds like St. Mary's made a very, very strong financial commitment to him as as in like, you know, north of 300 with like pretty much a lifetime deal, which is kind of surprising really. But for a head coach to leave a, a historical power in Long Beach State to go to St. Mary's is, is quite the move. Uh, and so I think – you know, him going to, to St. Mary's surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yep. a, that's a fair one that, you know, it's what's that expression. Don't mess with happy. And I'm not saying I, I have no knowledge that Eric Valenzuela was happy or unhappy at Long Beach, but clearly he was happy at St. Mary's, right? Like that, that to, yeah. to go back um, is a big deal. Fitzy, what are you saying for intrigue? Well, um, this is the surprising category. Or surprise. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. Um, so, you know, I'm not surprised that Mike Gambino lost, left Boston College because it sounded like there was just a lack of commitment as far as paying the staff that I think probably frustrated him. That, that's been the word on the street there. Um, but mm-hmm. am I surprised that he left an ACC job for Penn State? Um, yeah. You know, I mean, Penn mm-hmm. State hasn't done anything in baseball in decades, and they've really struggled in the Big Ten recently. <laughs> Uh, and they hired Rob Cooper, who we all thought was a, you know, slam dunk hire at the time. And he couldn't really like, couldn't get over the hump. Kind of like Dave Serrano going to Tennessee or some of these hires where you're like, man, this is such a neat hire. And then it just doesn't work, uh, which tells me that it's just not an easy job. Um, that said, mm-hmm. like, sounds like Penn State came strong. He was ready for a change of scenery. Um, 
sounds like they really do want to win and otherwise they wouldn't have been able to lure a guy who's coming from an ACC job and coming off a regional and, you know, is, is still young and still, I think on the rise, even though he's been at it for a while now. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a neat hire. It's a great hire for Penn state clearly, but not one that I saw coming. I thought if he left, uh, it would be for, you know, a, a job that you would regard as a step up. Whereas this is a job that is, is a major build rebuilding you know, process. It's not like you've got a foundation of winning to draw upon a few years ago. I mean, they haven't won in decades. So uh, it's just a, it's just a strange move, but I get it. I mean, I get that it's a credit to Penn State's administration that apparently they, they really want to invest here, but uh, it's, it's an interesting one. Yeah. yeah and I'll, and that, I'll was, add that was going to be um, my first choice too, Fitzy is it's um, go ahead, go ahead. Know. Well, you're, well, you're you're kind of cutting out, so I was just I was just starting because you were cutting out. Oh, but, am I frozen? You know, the thing is really. Did yeah, I freeze on you guys? Up. Um, yeah, yeah, you're freezing up. Um, the thing I was going to say about Penn State is like Pat Kraft, their, their athletic director, has made a very strong commitment to baseball, as Aaron alluded to with the salaries thing. But I mean, let's not forget. I mean, this was a this was a school that actually went to Omaha, met with Bill Salento, met with Corey Mascara. From what I understand. Uh, if it wasn't for family reasons, they would have had a very, very good shot of landing Corey Mascaro. So th- wh- whatever they're doing there in terms of their presentation and the changes that they're willing to make as a program in terms of financial commitment, it is very significant. So that's a credit to Pat Kraft. Yeah, I, I would agree with all those things. That Just the, the, the aggressiveness of Pat Kraft was really yeah. – uh, awesome in all this like i would not describe penn state as aggressive in baseball um over the last 50 years so really cool and and by the way nick puccio going from northeastern to penn state with coach cambino i think that's a great get as far as put putting a staff together um i'll I'll uh, give you guys brian green as a surprise one you know like i understand that washington's oh go ahead fitzy well, yeah, your, your lag is significant here (laughs) the the uh i was just saying scott lloyd am i losing you guys again it's just lag. It's just a lot of lag. Right. Well, that's all right. We'll make it work, Runes. Uh, Scott Loizo from Southern New Hampshire going, I think, was a neat hire for, for Gambino. There's, there's a, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's the pitching guy, right? Yes. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Um, well, oh, boy. Uh-oh. We got the, we right, got the cool. black box of death on Runes. Show here. my camera down, see if that doesn't okay. Yeah, the, the other, the other really thing – no, uh, go ahead. Oh, Rich. no, I did it. I did it on purpose to try and save bandwidth. Oh, okay. Uh, Rubens, go ahead. Um, gonna, I was going to say Brian Green was the, was my surprise one, just because, yeah. you know, like West, I, I've, I view him as a West Coast guy. Can you guys hear me for next category? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Uh, so Ruins on Ruins on the road here, guys. Uh, so you have to bear it with us. Uh, hotel Wi-Fi not getting it done. TFCO <laughs> Marriott property do better next time. Can I can I can I give a 3D chess player award for the coaching carousel? Why not? How How about uh, Matt Riser? You know, Matt Matt Riser was the longtime head coach at Southeastern Louisiana. Um, you know, obviously did a pretty good job there. They didn't have a great year last year. But, you know, gets let go at Southeastern and actually ends up getting a better job with more pay and a better conference at Memphis. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I, I thought that was <laughs> – I mean, I think I, I tweeted after, 
you know, he got let go down there at Southeastern, like, man, like, I think this guy's really good. You know, I, yeah. I, 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 I get it. You know, you got to win. Um, and he'd, they were in the regional last year, you know, I know they yeah. hadn't, hadn't had a great season and they got hot in the tournament, but anyway, I thought it was strange that, uh, they made a move there. And I think that is savvy for Memphis. Uh, our last category, and we're going to do it without the runes. Okay. It's just a, a, a job where you, you love the fit, uh, the particular fit here. And I've got two for this coach Rogers, uh, All right. uh, Matt swoop, uh, swoop at, at Maryland, you know, just a, he's a Maryland lifer. Um, you know, hey, we got the runes back. You're looking, you're looking a lot clearer right now. I like this. Good. Uh, what, 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 uh, what? Ho- terrible hotel should we put on blast? By the way, yeah, courtyard. Be better, uh, courtyard. Team, Come on now, Team Hilton. Come on. You didn't, you didn't splurge for the enhanced internet, did you? Uh, I did, but it's. Uh, I was trying to. <laughs> I was trying. I'm switching between that and a hot spot. We got. Yeah, we're 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 trying to be scrappy right now. Yeah. Internet scrappy. Um, uh, have you guys done your your favorite fits? Yeah, we're working on that now. So I'm going. I've got uh, Matt Swope at Maryland. You know, just a mm-hmm. you know a, a guy who's been around and is, has kind of apprenticed there under the, the multiple staffs now, and is just ready. To, I think he's ready to be the the guy. He's just got a great demeanor and a presence about him. I think he'll step in and you know fill in for for Coach Vaughn very well. And then uh, the same thing goes for JJ Edwards down at Wofford. You know, that's kind of the mm, guy who, one. along with with Todd Donato, was kind of the the co architect of their that fast break style that they play all those stolen bases. I mean, you know, that's become kind of a hallmark of their program. They lead the nation in steals almost every year, or at least their top three. Um, and he's, he's a big part of that. I think he's a great offensive teacher and, and they run that system. Uh, and I think they can keep that system rolling even without Internato because Edward was just as, just as big a part of it really. So uh, that was a logical no brainer promotion there at Wofford. Kendall, did you do a lot of, you love the fit yet? Uh, for my, uh, I love the fit. I'm going to go with Jake Sable at Central Michigan. You know, obviously, as, as Aaron pointed out, you know, the Jordan Bishop formula worked. Uh, so what do you do? You go hire one of Jordan Bishop's former assistants who, uh, when he took over the Northwood program in the Division II ranks from uh, Jordan Bishop, all he did is continue to win at a very high level. So I think Central Michigan looked at that situation and said, you know what? It's lightning struck once. I think it's going to strike twice. So I think that's the, that's the, the, the one for me. Yeah. Yeah. No question. I wouldn't mess with that at all. That's, that's well done. So love the fit. I'm going to, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go Mick Aoki, you know, the Aoki, mm. I should say, where, mm. you know, he's very academic background. He's going to go to Richmond and, um, you know, I just, I love that you know, he's from Davidson. He went to Boston college. Um, you know, the Moorhead state was interesting for him, but he, you know, they won the league last year. Like that was great. Um, and now, um, headed to Richmond just feels like a perfect fit for him. Um, that whole staff, like, like, or, you know, like all those Notre Dame connections, Chuck Rostano going to Navy, Rich Wallace going to UCF. I mean, just th- those guys are all kind of in that same circle and, and I, really cool jobs for all of them. Hey, let's do the last one. Fitzy, you can bat lead off here. Just like go potluck. Like what's another job that we haven't mentioned that y- you, you saw and you're like, man, I, I, I like that one. Like, that's cool. Um, let's see. You know, I think Shad Cole is a neat hire at San Diego State. Uh, I just think he's he's again he's a sharp baseball guy uh, who's got a neat track record. You know, in Arizona, and he was at uh, the team with USA for a while, and he was at San Diego State as a pitching coach, and now he takes over as the head guy. And um, I, I just think that his his experiences have prepared him well. I think he's again got really good 
um, presence about him and, and, and a, a sharp baseball mind. And uh, curious to see what he could do out there at uh, Tony Gwynn Stadium. Love it. Kendall, go potluck. Ooh, so many options here. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones out there. I'll tell you that I'll, I'll give you a guy that I really am curious to see how he does at a place with a little bit less pressure um, is, is Steve Beezer. Um, yeah. You know, he was a guy that was a really good mid-major head coach. Uh, you know, had like one some at Missouri, obviously did not win anywhere near enough. But, I mean, if you go look at Jacksonville State's facilities, I'm not even joking, they're better than Missouri's. Like, it's not even close if you go look at their, their ballpark versus Missouri. So I think when you look at this, the, the young and energetic staff that he put together, the fact he's in a, in a more comfortable spot, he's in a more, he's in a spot where he's used to winning. Uh, I think that's a hire that in three or four years, you can look back and say, man, that was a really interesting. And by the way, good hire for Jacksonville state in that conference. Mm, that's And you're not kidding. Their facility is gorgeous. Just it's beautiful. Stunning. Yeah, really. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's it's way better than Missouri's. Yep. I'll give you guys a couple to wrap with. Like, you know, J.D. Arteaga getting a chance at Miami is it's yeah. just really interesting, you know, like and I hey, he's bringing Rob Cooper down to be their director of, um, I think, player personnel. And um, it would just be very interesting to me. J.D. is, you know, like Miami is in his veins, you know, like he's been there for all of it. Um, you know, Jake Angier going from Oregon to New Mexico State. Even though New Mexico State's been a little down recently, like they've got, they've had some really high highs, and he's really talented. Joe Mercadante, I think, is going to North Florida. Is that right, Ken? Yeah. And yeah. he's a Florida guy. I thought those guys did a great job. Have been doing a great job at Pitt. I this is this is I, Brian Peters has put together a really nice staff at Long Beach State, and I'm you know like I just I'm really interested in that. Like I just you know Eric Valenzuela going back to St. Mary's and. Uh, they, they've just been kind of all over the place, Long Beach State. But I, I like the vibe of what I'm feeling at Long Beach State right now. And it's interim, right? They, they had to do it without an AD. So that'll be very interesting. But um, and who knows how that affected the roster? I don't know. So, um, yeah, cool. And, and again, 40 jobs, man. That's a lot. That, that is a, a lot of turnover. And I, is that the most, Kendall? Is that the most we've had? I think it is. And, and what's really interesting is, you know, coming into the summer, uh, it looked like it was going to be kind of quiet. I mean, it, honestly, as we, as we got about halfway through the College World Series, I'm, I'm thinking like, oh, maybe this will be a quiet uh, summer. And then all of a sudden the dominoes started falling. Uh, yep. with, with, Georgia, with Georgia is really where it really got crazy. But, yeah, I mean, we're talking about over 40. Uh, I want to say I had to I had it earlier today. We're at 169 or 170 assistant changes this offseason. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's been a, a pretty busy year on the, on the coaching change circuit. When you can't even count on Tony Rossi to still be the coach at Siena, you know there's going to be chaos. I mean, the ultimate saint, if you will. The, the, he was, might have been the first saint. Was he the first saint, first person to wear a Siena baseball uniform? Can I, can I tell you something, though? Like, speaking of Siena – you know, I was talking to Alex Drusinski when I was trying to confirm that they were hiring him, and that guy was ultra impressive. Nice. Like, I have no idea how he's going to do there, but what a really impressive guy he was. He, he certainly has a vision. I think he I think he said, like, his entire family went to Siena or something. So he's got really strong ties at school and has a lot of passion for that, for that, uh, that school. 
I love it. Yeah, there's a lot of new faces in these hires that I'm encouraged. I'm excited to get to know guys that are, you know, have kind of yeah. been behind the scenes. By the way, gentlemen, like a lot of the pundits coming in this podcast, they heard Joe Healy wasn't going to be here. And mm -hmm. they, they, mm -hmm. they said the vocab is going to be weak, you know, <laughs> sentence structure is going to be questionable. And again, you know, tumultuous, penultimate, ubiquitous, existential, ass. <laughs> Barf bag. I mean, we we really just hit for the cycle tonight, Fitzy. You know what I mean? You brought the hat and we brought the ruckus. Well, That's they've always, you know, they've always called Texas A&M University the Harvard of the South. So <laughs> many many people are saying yes. Uh, many people in Maine. I, I'm saying. just impressed with. Uh, hey, yeah, also hashtag remember the Maine. You know, next time you plan on a vacation, remember vacation the state of Maine. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's got a couple, a little bit of green. Yes. Uh, I'm impressed with the way we battled here because we yes. had some adversity. You know, Coach Rooney, um, you know, fought through. Along. We fought through. Yes. And so uh, hats off to you, sir. Yeah, thank you. I, well, you guys did it because you can't win every podcast if you can't fight through mm -hmm. a little technology adversity. So, That's right. But let's not press our luck, boys. Well done. It was good to get the gang back together. Vacations are terminating, and we're getting back into a flow. So we will, uh, we will continue to produce podcasts for you all. The website is ablaze with stuff. Mark Etheridge wrote something today about the transfer portal that I have not read yet, but I cannot wait to read it because obviously that is a really, really hot topic. A lot of summer um, stuff, you know, Cape Cod write-ups and Northwoods League, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're, start, if you're ready to start turning the page and get yeah. focused on next year's stars, ton of great stuff on the website. That said, um, if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit subscribe. That's very helpful. Um, if you want to get a subscription to the website, save 30 at checkout. If it's an annual subscription to SEC Extra, D1Baseball.com, uh, we encourage that always and yeah. forever. Coupon um, Kendall feeling generous with a 30%. Holy cow. Right. You yeah, don't want to miss this one, folks. Let's go. As good Love. as it gets. That's right. Well said. Thanks again to our friends at S2 Cognition. And that is it. Everyone have a great week, and we will catch you next time on the D1 Baseball Podcast. The D1 Baseball Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.